Well, uh, I feel so honored to be here today because I've been looking forward for a month to being here. Uh, but my, my visit last time was interrupted, but um, I feel so honored to be here today. But last time I was, I had a, an excellent replacement in Pastor Tuck. You know, we look alike, don't <laughs> My wife had COVID and I had COVID as well. Uh, that's, that's how we are living these days, but, uh, but God is good. I'm here today. Real privilege to be with you. Uh, in fact, talking about me trying to come to Church Unlimited last time and not being able to come, uh, my visit was interrupted. So today I want to talk about divine interruptions. But I don't know about you, but life is full of interruptions. Inconveniences, disruptions, frustrations, the unexpected. Sounds familiar? Your car doesn't start on a cold winter morning. You even get uh, lower temperatures here in Auckland, I hear. The Aucklanders are complaining about the cold weather. Things break, accidents happen. You get a phone call that you're not expecting. Traffic makes you late. You get a COVID resort test and you have to isolate with your children. You get sick, your child gets sick. Just when you're running on a tight budget, your appliance breaks. Weather ruins your plans. And I could go on and on and on. So I thought I'll share with you some of my favorite memos um, on interruptions. Media team will put up one now, okay? Have a look at this. It's coming. It's behind me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Me being interrupted while spending quality time with you. What do you think about that? <laughs> How about the next one? For the cat lovers. Oh. <laughs> Interruptions. But it's, I think of one of the interruptions I've come across, it, it came about five years ago that I thought is one of the best, you know, sort of interruptions you could ever, you know, consider, especially in these COVID times, is this clip. Scandals happen all the time. The question is how do democracies respond to those scandals? Uh, and what will it mean for, uh, for the wider region? I think one of your children has just walked in. I mean, shift, shifting, shifting sands in the region, do you think relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. The, um, pardon me. Pardon me. My apologies. What is this going to be for the region? My apologies. North, uh, sorry. Um, North Korea, North, uh, South Korea's policy choices on North Korea have been severely limited in the last six months to a year. Scandals happen all the time. So good. <laughs> love it. Do you love it? You've got to love that Wonder Woman. I mean, being able to airlift two kids. But you wonder why the guy wasn't actually turning around and actually going to help his wife and the kids. Perhaps he wasn't wearing pants. You know, in these days, you never know, you know, the top part might be looking very amazing, but, you know, the bottom part, you never know. This whole idea of working from home during isolation. <clears throat> but you've got to love kids because I think that's why Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. You know, they're just rocking up. It doesn't matter what kind of BBC interview you're having. They just rock up. How do you respond to life interruptions? 
How do you respond? Many people respond in one of three ways. One, they fight. They blame. They, it's not fair. It's someone else's fault. Fight. Or they freeze. What do I do now? And they get stuck. They get a brain fog. So they either fight or freeze or flight. They run away, lock themselves in a room somewhere alone so that they can work alone. Or if you are like me in Kenya, when we are interrupted by traffic, you know, there's a whole snail up of traffic, you try and drive on the footpath to try and escape. I actually tried that once. I don't try in New Zealand, but I tried once in Kenya and I got stuck in the mud. I had, I had to actually be pulled out from the mud. Fight, freeze, or flight. I remember doing that once, um, you know, when I was in a hurry, <clears throat> trying to run away, but I got stuck. I don't think I usually handle interruptions very well. I don't know about you. Interruptions catch me by surprise. But could these chaotic interruptions be divine? Is God involved and able to work through interruptions? I love that song that we sang a little bit earlier. What the enemy meant for evil, you meant it for good. Rather than fighting or freezing or fleeing, could God be wanting to form us through these interruptions? Rather than shining interruptions, could God be wanting to shine his glory through these interruptions? When was the last time you had a divine interruption? This week, I uh, had a phone call. It was about um, two minutes before we had our tea. Tea was ready. It was on the table. My wife and I were, were, wanted to have tea, and we try and avoid interruptions when we're having tea. You know, like we want to be able to have quality time together. And there was this phone call from, um, from a friend. It's someone that I've been seeking to design their next step in ministry. And I thought, oh, you know, they're calling at this time. Maybe I should ignore it. And something told me, you know, well, we've got two minutes before tea. I can pick up the call and say, well, I've got two minutes. What have you got? Well, that phone call, which only lasted two minutes, was so pivotal in shaping a decision I was going to make the next day. I needed to take that call at that very moment. Divine interruptions. Three weeks ago, I was speaking in a, in a, in a, a meeting in Rotorua, and I was flying back to Nelson, and uh, I had to connect from Wellington to back to Nelson from Rotorua. And so when we landed in, in Wellington, um, we were told, uh, you know, by the, uh, the, the crew, they said, oh, sorry, we are unable to get you to Nelson because of weather there. Uh, the plane will not be able to get to Nelson, land there because of fog, and therefore you will have to spend a night in Wellington. Okay, and so I was, I'm there lining up in this the, 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 the sort of desk disrupted flights. I'm lining up there thinking, I wonder how this is going to work. Because <laughs> I've been thinking about this message about divine interruption. I wonder how this is going to work out. I've been away. It's Queen's birthday weekend. I want to get back home and be home. And here I am, stuck in Wellington. And just at that very moment, as I was standing up to wait to get a rebooking the next day, my wife calls me and says, she didn't know my flight had been disrupted. She was waiting for me on the other side in Nelson. She said, hey, honey, is it possible for you to change your flights and spend a few hours in Wellington with our daughter? Our daughter is in Wellington. Our daughter really needs you right now. And I was able to go and spend several hours with my daughter, help her park her because she was moving from her flat 
divine interruptions. Divine interruptions. The Bible is full of divine interruptions. Genesis 1, God speaks into the cosmos that is formless and empty and dark. And he says, let there be light. God intervenes and brings light into the darkness. There are moments of cosmic and global interruptions that shapes the destinies of nations. Divine interruption. In Exodus 3, Moses is standing flock of Jethro another day in the life of a shepherd. You know, his, his father-in-law, Jethro, the angel of the Lord appears to him in the flames of fire from within the bush. That moment of encounter changes Moses' life. It actually shapes the trajectory of his life. Divine interruption. Acts 9, Saul is nearing the Damascus on his journey. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He falls to the ground and hears a voice saying to him, So, so, why are you persecuting me? That moment of encounter with Jesus interrupts a young man's life and changes his purpose and trajectory of his life. Divine interruption. In Acts 16, Paul and his missionary team are at the border of Mysia. They are trying to enter Bithynia. They feel called by God on this missionary call. But the Spirit of God interrupts them. He will not allow them to go. As they pass through Mysia, they go to Troas. And during the night, Paul has this vision of a man from Macedonia saying, Come and help us. Begging, come and help us. When the door for mission seems to be shut, a new door was opening. That what looked like an obstacle became an opportunity to align with God's purpose. That moment of interruption opened the door for the gospel to reach Europe. Divine interruption. In John chapter 4, the woman of Samaria came to draw water. It was perhaps an ordinary day for her. Jesus interrupts her and says, give me a drink. That moment of unusual encounter changes this woman's life, desires, and destiny. Divine interruption. In Matthew 14, we read these beautiful words. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. It is a sad day in the life of John's family and Jesus, his friend. Then they went and told Jesus. Jesus is mourning his friend, John the Baptist. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. You see what has happened there? Jesus is trying to grieve. He's trying to escape. He wants a me time just to process the grief. And then the crowds gather around him and he has compassion on them. Jesus is interrupted while trying to take a break. Is that familiar? <laughs> and as a result, brings healing and hope to so many. This is where the 5,000 are fed. You see, you may be planning a retreat and you want to meet God, but what if God is in the mess and in the chaos? What if the miracle is in the interruption? 
What if rather than give you a life of ease, Jesus wants to interrupt your life with this grace to show you that he is enough. Jesus in the interruptions. Is he in the interruptions? Absolutely. In fact, did you know that most of Jesus' miracles were as a result of interruptions? You know, throughout the Gospels we read, as he was teaching, they brought somebody. As they were walking, people were healed. Often, um, you know, just by just showing up while Jesus was doing something else. In fact, you also notice something else. You know, Jesus calls people while they were doing something else. Jesus interrupts people's daily lives to call them to follow him. The fisherman or the tax collector. When you find yourself interrupted, perhaps you might want to ask, you know, what is God doing in my life? What is it that he wants to do? He wants perhaps you to notice the ministry opportunity that is before you. I have one more gospel story to share with you. It's a bit long, but Luke 24 is a beautiful passage because here we find Jesus interrupting people who are walking on the road. It's a very ordinary story, but I pray that God speaks to you through this story of the road to a mouse. Let me read it. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. And, but they were kept from recognizing him. Jesus interrupts a corridor between two people. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, a powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they did not find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Here are two people grieving and mourning, desperate and hopeless. He said to them, it doesn't sound very nice for someone who is grieving. This, don't try this on someone who has lost a loved one. How foolish you are. And how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. It's Jesus speaking. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. But then when he was at the, at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. 
They asked each other, why not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up, returned at once to Jerusalem, where they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Now, without a doubt, some interruptions are painful. Let's face it. They are not nice interruptions. You know, they are not welcome interruptions. There are many times when you don't want an interruption. But on the other hand, interruptions can bring joy and hope and peace in our hearts. So what do we notice from this Emmaus interruption? Jesus is with us in the journey when things go well and even when things go wrong. These disciples on the road to Emmaus don't have a clue what has happened in terms of Jesus rising from the dead. They are desperate, they are hopeless, but Jesus is present with them. They had been devastated by the news of Jesus' death. Their hopes had been dashed. They were grieving, but Jesus shows up right there. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus were interrupted by Jesus and their eyes were opened to the reality of the resurrection and their hearts were able to respond to the life that Jesus offers. See, the key to being able to handle interruptions is inviting Jesus into our questions, into our doubts, into our lives, into our homes, into our mess. It is inviting him. It is welcoming him. This is exactly what happened to the disciples. They welcomed him into their home, into their lives, into their questions. And their eyes were opened. And they had their hopes revived. Three key thoughts as I come to land. Expect divine interventions. Expect divine intervention. Tell your neighbor, expect divine interventions. You see, interruptions in the life of a believer do not catch God off guard, friends. They are not random, meaningless events. Now, sometimes the interruptions are like the Damascus Road experience where you're stuck with blinding lights. But more often than not, there are Emmaus Road moments when we encounter Jesus through scripture, through hospitality, through questions, through friendships, and through conversations. More often, our growth in character is not sort of shaped by the big dramatic moments, although those are nice, but through the relentless series of little moments of everyday life when we get interrupted. That is where the, the coffee is where discipleship happens, where Jesus meets us. Expect divine interventions. Expect divine interruptions. Number two, embrace divine interruptions. You see, what you see as interruptions are actually not interruptions. They are interventions. My car has an automatic braking system. I don't know how many of you have those cars that brake themselves. Like, you know, they've got their own brake. You don't touch, but if there is hazard near you, they will stop. I've got one of those. And, and oftentimes I go, ah, oh, there it goes again. 
you know, and oftentimes, sometimes it can get it wrong because maybe it's a, a goat that's off the road um, that it's stopped. But most times, actually, it is an intervention. There is a hazard that is in front of me that I haven't noticed, and the car stops, interrupts my speed, my cruise control, interrupts my cruise control to save me from a collision. Sometimes divine interruptions are interventions. God is saving you from a crash. Don't get annoyed. Embrace divine interventions. The interventions and interruptions we experience almost daily remind us that life is very uncertain. But we can embrace these moments because we know the one who makes us sure, who we can be sure about, the presence of Jesus in our interruptions. We can rely on him. Embrace divine interruptions. Instead of fighting and complaining and getting angry, embrace the interruptions and interventions and the invitation Jesus offers you at that very moment. Embrace divine interventions. And then finally, encounter Jesus in the interruptions. Expect divine interruptions. Embrace divine interruptions. And encounter Jesus in the interruptions like these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Lean in. Lean in on Jesus. My daughter, I've got a daughter who uh, is a dad girl, and she just loves to interrupt me. Oh, my goodness. Um, she will, I'll be in the middle of a meeting, uh, you, know, you know, serious discussions are taking place, and she will want, you know, in these days, they don't want to just make a normal phone call. They want FaceTime. So I'm here, and she wants to FaceTime me, you know, in the middle of a meeting. Um, you know, Jesus wants FaceTime with you. In the middle of your busy day, he wants, to, he wants you to encounter him. He wants first time with you. I remember a time when she popped into my office in the middle of a busy day. And um, she popped in, she rocked in. You know, she hadn't told me she loves surprises. You know, she, you got children and those who like to surprise you. She loves to surprise me. So she rocks up into my office, you know, goes to my peer and says, you know, can I see dad? You know, of course, you know. A daughter, you know, you've got to have access to your dad anytime. So she pops in. I'm in the middle of a meeting. We're having this serious conversation. I can't remember what it, what it was. She rocks up and comes and says, Hey, dad, sorry to bother you. I just brought you a coffee to help you keep going for the rest of the day in your busy day. Thank you. Love you. Bye. And off she goes. I cannot remember what the meeting was about. But I cannot forget how my daughter made me feel that moment. <laughs> Encounter Jesus in the interruptions. Divine interruptions are a gift. We are transformed when we no longer see these moments as interruptions, but as unexpected gifts, opportunities for growth, and opportunities to encounter Jesus face to face. Now, it's hard to see some of the frustrating events and interruptions of our day as divinely placed by God. But as we lean in, we can encounter his grace and his love. We can see Jesus even more and more. The interruptions are not barriers to our plan. They are opportunities to embrace God's plan for our lives. 
They remind us at any time, this life will be interrupted. In fact, there's not a single day where there are no interruptions in this life. But there will come a time in the history of our world when all things will be interrupted. And that last and final interruption will happen when Jesus comes again in glory and the world will pass away. We're looking forward to one final interruption. But while we are still on this earth, expect divine interruptions. Embrace divine interruptions. Encounter Jesus in the interruptions. Where might the Spirit be, what, what might the Spirit be saying to you? Where do you sense the Spirit's prompting you? One of my friends, Scotty Leave uh, from Wellington, posted on Facebook recently that the measure of discipleship, the, the way you know that you're growing deeper with Jesus, the way you know that you're actually getting it in terms of your depth of discipleship is your ability, one of the ways, not the only way, but one of the ways, it's your ability to handle interruptions. And he mentioned four things which I want to finish with. And I pray that this is an invitation for you to say, well, what is God saying to me? Where, which of these areas could the Lord and the Spirit be prompting me to respond? The interruption of the Spirit which caused you to change. For some of you who are here today, things have happened in your life. Relationships Stuff is happening in your life and you're wondering, what's going on in my life? What's, what have I done? What's wrong? Maybe the Spirit of God is prompting you to change. Maybe the Spirit of God is prompting you to consider your life, the trajectory of your life. If you don't yet know Jesus, this could be the moment where Jesus is saying to you, well, trust me, give your life to me. I've got a plan for your life. Interruption of the spirit which caused you to change. The interruption of pain which caused you to grieve. Maybe you're one of these people who like to remove pain. You don't want pain and you try and, you know, escape the pain and try and see, you know, sort of show that you're strong, you know, you can do it, you can handle it. And, God, and the pain keeps coming. The pain doesn't stop. And God is perhaps saying to you, well, you know what? Take time and grieve. You haven't actually grieved. You haven't given your time to grieve this stuff. Take time and grieve. That pain reminds you that all is not okay and it's okay not to be okay. Grieve. The interruption of those with nothing who ask you to be present. Do you know those people around you who sort of just take your time? You don't feel like they add too much value into your life, but they actually just take your time. <laughs> Maybe God is just saying, be present. Just be present. Who are those? What are those relationships in your life where God is saying, I want you to be present. Don't see this as interruption. I'm calling you to be present in this relationship. And then finally, the interruption of the kingdom, which says your priorities to radically change. I met a, a friend this week who told me that their son was diagnosed with a disease, the stamina. And they began to think and to ask questions about their life. You know, is life all about making money, buying a house, getting married, becoming a, you know, seeing your children get married, and then becoming a grandparent, and then saving enough money for retirement? Is life 
is that all that life is about? Is that what success is like? And this, this guy told me, I've had to rethink about the priorities of my life. And I want to live my life, the remaining part of my life, I want to live my life in such a way that my priorities align with God's purposes for my life, God's kingdom purposes for my life. That interruption of a child's sickness has realigned my friend's priorities to a destiny that aligns with God's kingdom. Interruption of the kingdom which says your priorities need to radically change. Where do you sense the Spirit's prompting you to respond? Expect divine interruptions. Embrace divine interruptions. Encounter Jesus in the interruptions. Don't miss Jesus in the interruptions you face right now. Amen? Amen.